Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to On the Mic with Ray White, where we share life lessons, encourage self-reflection, and equip you to take action. My name is Ray White, and I am juiced that you're taking time to listen to this episode today. And on this episode, we got another fire interview for you. Come on now. Josiah Phillipson hops onto the podcast. He is the owner of Next Tech Consultants, which is taking the technology burden off of small business shoulders so that way they can just focus on growing their business. He has a full suite of technology services that he offers to his clients and is continuing to teach, continuing to grow, continuing to help service other individuals in their small business journey. But not only that, he's a husband, he's a father, he's an avid gamer. He's somebody who is, brings high energy to anything and everything that he does. And his story is just pretty great. Just starting off as a middle school teacher all the way to owning his own consulting business and with just a small goal in the future of taking over Oregon with his business. That's just a small little thing. But Anyway, excited for you to hear his story. I would make sure to drop his business, his social media links, and his Twitch account all in the show notes so you can watch him and check and follow his journey and even learn to think it too to help you out on your technology's journey too. And be sure to let me know what you find is a lesson for you in this story. What did you find that was intriguing that you can apply to your life as well? Be sure to screenshot, tag me at Ray Devante on all social media platforms and let me know what you found interesting that you could apply to your life. And I will be sure to follow up with that to say, hey, yo, that, that was pretty dope. Let's talk more about that because I feel like we need to connect on these types of things. All right. So be sure to follow me on social media. Listen all the way to this episode and let's just go ahead and dive into it to hear Josiah's story. So without further ado, go ahead and listen to Teaching Tech, featuring Josiah Phillipson. Thanks for listening. Josiah, what's up, man? How you doing? Welcome to the mic. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited. Hey, I'm excited for you to be here. Uh, you know, for the listeners, uh, Josiah is somebody actually met through George Fox MBA program, graduated in 2019, uh, Go Bruins. And um, just kind of through some weird scheduling happenstance, we happened to cross paths in class uh, in, in a couple of classes, but I uh, got a chance to meet Josiah in, in a few courses that we've had. Uh, he's somebody who's super tech savvy, which we'll get to hear quite a bit about that through his personal and professional endeavors. Um, and just kind of talk through some of those things as well and just how to navigate that and some lessons we could pull from those spaces. But Josiah, I'm happy that you're on. Uh, the first question I have for you, which I didn't prep you with, but I'm excited to hear your answer. We're going to go for it. <laughs> Those are the best kind of questions. Of course, man. Of course. But the first question I have is, uh, tell me what is your life mission or mantra that you live by? Ooh. Um, I think for me, like I, I, for, as you know, you do. I'm I'm a Christian and I follow Jesus. And my goal is really to help people and show people that they're loved no matter where they are in their life. Um, I think it's important that for me, like I want to show people that you can help. You can be uh, the main thing is I want to show people you can be a good dad, a good husband and a good father. And that those three things work together. Uh, I think so many times people are like, oh, well, I can have a good job, but if I have a good job, I can't be a good dad. Or, and kind of my main goal right now is like bringing that compassion and love and showing people that those three things can really work together 
um, and help you grow in your life. Man, that's dope. You just hit a nerve right there. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in the same wavelength that we're husbands, we're fathers. Um, we, you know, we follow Christ and, and, and that's part of our faith and that, how that, all that intertwines in the way that we, uh, I say the way that we lead, not in the way that just like, you know, the head and everybody follows us, but in the way that we love, in the way that mm-hmm. we engage our children and our significant others and kind of develop the household to where that compassionate love is happening and they could feel that within just our presence. So that's pretty awesome. And I mean, you just made a comment just before you hopped on too, saying that you were, uh, a part of the oh i just blinked on the name trail life trail life so <laughs> that this is just the the you said your week one into this endeavor with your children um what what why did you why are you a part of the organization or what was the start of of wanting to be a part of trail life um i think for trail life for me was it's um i'm i'm very tech heavy um in my home and in my life in general and i think a lot of us are and i think the idea of like hey they we go out camping we do outings we teach our kids how to build fires there um it's similar if you don't know what trail life is it's similar to boy scouts um but trail life it was affiliated with our church we saw some flyers and stuff we're like oh this is pretty cool we get to we get to grow our kids and teach them about these things that aren't really kind of out unplugged from the world in a way Um, And I think that's so important to really also know how to like survive, uh, how to build a fire if you need to. I'm not really good at it. Like I, I I made my brother-in-law is like an Eagle Scout and I'm like, can you just build the fire? Like I'll throw a bunch of paper on it and it never really lights. Like I try 10 times and it just never works. So I think that's kind of the, the lead for me is like, it's really, I'm really tech heavy in a lot of my life. And I really love the idea of just unplugging every once in a while. Love it. Trail life is not really for the kids. It's just for you. It's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know how to build a fire either. My uh, father-in-law actually used gasoline and he makes files that way. So, um, yeah, I may have to <laughs> I may have to come by and say, hey, man, how you do this? But yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yes, jokes aside, uh, it is a great opportunity for you and the kids to just be together, build memories in that way and learn a new mm-hmm. skill, which will forever be useful in life if you're ever in that situation so dude that's awesome that's dope um but yes tech life i mean you're you're heavily invested into that i mean that is that is the world that again you said that we live in from a professional Mm -hmm. personal perspective i mean obviously we're doing this through zoom for the people watching on youtube this dude has a dope setup too with the mic and (laughs) talking about all that kind of stuff i'm trying to get on your level but tech is definitely a space where you live breathe and you inhabit um Let's talk about what, give me a highlight of what you do today. And then we're going to circle back and say how you even got to that point. So what is the, when you, when you say you live, breathe tech, what do you do? Yeah. So I'm the owner of next tech consultants. And what we do is it's, it's a business called managed service provider. And I never really use that name because people don't know what it is, but that's what it is. And so what it really, what it means is I help people with their tech. So I, I work with small businesses, anywhere from five to 50 employees is kind of my sweet spot. Um, And I help, I become their IT department. So I help them troubleshoot their computers. I help them set up their email, make sure it flows properly. Um, I help them with their network because a lot of people set up Wi-Fi and be like, well, is do I have a real guest network? Do I not? Um, I help secure it with their firewall. 
Um, I train people on their tech, like, hey, how do I use email properly? How can I make my inbox zero? That was actually the last YouTube video I made was like, how do I get to an inbox zero quickly? And how do I keep that going? Um, and so I, that's kind of what I mean and what I do is I train people in tech and I work with small businesses to help them make technology a tool they can use in their business because you can never replace people. And I'm a firm believer in that. Even when I was teaching, you can't replace people, but tech can help you save time in your business. So you can either grow or spend more time with your family. That's tremendous. I, I mean, that's... <laughs> tech can be such a gap or an area that's daunting, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you mentioned, all those little intricacies that were related to even just having your email sufficient, right? To to work properly or even the, the ability to have your um, network secure and be able to navigate those things. Um, a, as a small business owner, <laughs> that's, a, that's another hat that is available yeah. to you but not many folks want to deal with that, right? I mean, they want to, as, as you are currently doing, you're gifted and passionate in this area, in this lane, just as other small business owners are focused on their lane to put on another hat to mess with that stuff can be overwhelming and daunting. Mm -hmm. So you coming alongside and supporting them is, is, a, is a great practical entity that is necessary in this world today. So, dude, that's dope. What? So you're there now, but mm -hmm. I want to track back a little bit to even how you got into just this desire to learn tech more. Like where did that desire come from? So it's a really unique experience in, in what I've had. So I went to, I did my bachelor's in elementary education. Um, oh, so, <laughs> so started off in the, okay, why did you even, why elementary <laughs> education? Like, why'd you start there? Yeah, so it kind of goes into what we talked a little bit about, like being a dad and being a good, good husband. It like for me, I see God through kids. Like kids are so um, they're amazing. Like you, they they trust you, they believe in you, and it, it, obviously you can take that in one or one of two ways. Um, but for me, like I've learned so much through helping with kids. That's always been a big part of my life, even in high school. All throughout, I always volunteered as much as I can um, to help with kids because it's fun. It's enjoyable. I'm I'm a fairly high energy person when I want to be um, <laughs> so I can do it. And people I'll, I'll walk through like two years ago before COVID, I went to what's called Summer Jam and it's a week long, four hours a day. And I walked kids through the through back and forth. I was a camp counselor leader and I was what at that time I'm like 32. And I'm like jumping, I'm singing songs, I'm running, parents are looking at me like, how do you do this? And I'm like, this is my passion. Like, I love playing with kids. And so that's kind of where elementary education came in. Awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, so I I went there first. Um, and even in, in college, I applied for an OTAN grant, which is Oregon Technology Education Network. And I brought iPads into a classroom before, or iPods, because there wasn't iPads. Mm -hmm. I brought iPods into a classroom and used apps to help teach math, which was at that time, it was pretty new to do that. I mean, the iPhone was just released a year before that. So um, I got a grant, I did that, it went really well. Um, and, and so technology for me, like I, I mentioned earlier, is I firmly believe technology can't replace people, but it can make them more efficient. And so I actually spent the last two years of college in that O10 grant teaching teachers how to use technology in their classroom. Wow. 
um, with clickers, iPods, iPads. It was a blast. I loved it. Um, And then when I got my first teaching job, I kind of was the help desk ish uh, in the school. Um, So that's and then I left teaching because they've laid off the whole middle school department and I was part of that. Um, and then I kind of just decided like, where do I want to go? Like, what do I want to do? Like, I like teaching, but I don't like certain aspects of teaching. And that's kind of where everything kind of turned for me. It's like, and I went into technology more, um, instead of being like a side hustle where it was just kind of like the side thing where I'm like, oh, maybe I can help people or maybe I can find different ways to use it in teaching. If I hopped a few jobs like car salesman, that was interesting. Uh, and then uh, just kind of a few other fun jobs cooking. I was a cook for a while and then I landed a job at George Fox university, which was great education and technology in one. And I was their Portland campus it support for like three years. Wow. So that's kind of really how I got into technology. Yeah. Well, I love that. It was like you've mentioned before, it was a passion already and you saw a need early on in the one avenue of education um elementary education and it's like hey like i can do this and it was pretty pretty innovative at the time and probably nothing mm-hmm. you've seen obviously in your building so being able to do that which makes sense why teachers are like yo josiah how'd you do that again like you yeah. said that for me so it's pretty awesome that, that you stepped into that when you realize well first you got laid off this is what it sounds like you know they let go of a department in that way which sucks what um and there was a gap between there and eventually with your George Fox uh, job opportunity. What was the most memorable like job that you did during that season? Because it sounds like you did a couple of things. So what was something that like you did there? And then it's like, wow, I can't believe I did that job. I'd say the car sales. Yeah. Like I, so I, I told you I'm, I'm pretty high energy. I can, I can be, I'm pretty extrovert. Um, so car sales, I'm, I, I liked it in a way that like, I liked helping people find the car they wanted. That was really fun for me. Um, the reason I quit was because of the way they kind of went. They're like, well, did you know that as the salesperson, you can actually walk the person around the lot doing absolutely nothing for 45 minutes or more just to waste their time. And they're like, I want you to do that. And I said, no. And they're like, but I want you to do it. So, you know, you can, I'm like, I already know I can't that's a stupid exercise. <laughs> like what? And so it was kind of things like that where I was like, I don't really like what they're doing. Um, but it was kind of that job where I'm like, I learned a lot about myself in that way where I'm like, I really don't believe in doing business this way, or I really don't believe that you should, um, pressure people in that way. And so when I do a lot of my sales calls, it's like, Hey, I'm going to send you a quote. It's really up to you. It's, and, and I, I'm not high pressure because of that. I think, um, because also I find it extremely awkward to force somebody to buy something like, I don't know how, like it, my own personal thing, no, but <laughs> so like, I think that was the job that even, even when I talk to people like, oh, you did car sales and it's kind of a shock, even to me, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Which obviously you've learned, right? Like you learn something out of it. You learn how to sell. I think mm-hmm. what I'm learning is it's good for even those who are, um, are no pressure when it comes to selling or doing things like that. It's good to have a job where you could do some type of sales to learn at least the, the skills that navigate that. And like you said, know what you like and don't like or what the industry can do. 
to uh, a person or the people you're trying to help right and and i think yeah if your heart already geared towards hey i want to help you in a in an effective way not waste your time by walking around a lot uh shows a lot about your character i mean i get it i uh i did best buy for a, a good seven weeks six weeks okay okay uh, but trying to sell push trying to push computers man and that was tough because i was just like yo i i mean i even told somebody i said hey if you find it cheaper at office max go to just go to office max like it's right what i'm not getting any out of any you know anyway and i didn't yeah. tell my boss then that was years ago regardless <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna well, email us to your boss it'll be really yeah. fun yeah do you remember ray white like, yeah <laughs> Oh, wow. I think, I think one thing, though, in that that I've learned a lot, because I think it's really important to also say is in sales and I'm learning this right now, like this is something because because I'm not high pressure, but I think there's also like I know I do a really good job in my business. Like I know that, but it, it there's a there's a fine line between high pressure and just giving up. Or because I think that if you find a customer that really needs your services and you know they need it, and I don't think you should sell to people that don't need it. I, I'm, I don't think that's right. But if you find someone that you know needs your services, there's a point where you should be like, hey, you really do need this. And I, and I think there's that fine line of like, yes, I'm high pressure in some situations where I know like, your network and your infrastructure is a mess and you need somebody and I know I can do it well for you. Like in any business, you have to find that customer, but not let them go just in like an easy, like, oh no, I don't want to do it the first time. Cause there's that fine line too. And I think that's really important to address, like finding that. It's definitely an art. And I think through experience, obviously, and your own personal style and, and, and the ability to, as you said, even there is like, you know, you could do the job well, uh, you are confident and not in a cocky way, but you're confident to know that mm -hmm. what you have is the best solution for the customer and what they need, but you're able to have that empathy <laughs> to recognize, mm -hmm. okay, you know, here's a way to just engage you to understand more clearly and effectively what you need. Um, and also, you know, I'm, you know, nurture the relationship well to be able to say, Hey, if you do need me, I'm here, but I'm not going to be like yeah. in your face every day to say, buy my <laughs> stuff. You know, that's, that's not yeah. going to sell either. So that's good. That's good. That's good tactic. Um, I need to practice that. <laughs> I don't know, but moving into George Fox, you've already established that, you know, technology and education are the two areas where you feel confident to step in to navigate. And this position was the perfect opportunity to help you uh, live that out. When you first got the opportunity, did you feel like you were, the job was way over your head? Or was it like, you know what, this is, this is, this is in my lane. Like I, 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 I can do this well, because I'm equipped to do this. Or was it like, Oh shoot, they hired me? How did they how did I get in the building? Like what was that experience like? So there were five uh, there was two parts to the interview. There was a group interview, just ask questions, get to know the person, right? Then you go into a second interview where they're like, This is live troubleshooting interview. Oh. And I was like, What? So I showed up. Now I they were like, Okay, this computer can't print, fix it. And I'm like, I, what? I, I, so I, so I'm like, okay, here's what I would do. And I started, I just went through my thought process and first I would open up word. I'd click print. 
it didn't work. Cause that's the first thing you just, you check it. Right. And then I said, and then I'd go to Apple system preferences, click on printer. I'd see it's listed. And then I'd call you guys cause I'm stuck. And they were like, okay, okay. And I'm like, there was like five questions like that. We're like, figure this out. And I'm like, I'm going to call you because I don't know how to do this. It was totally over my head. Like I had no idea. And most of the questions, I think I solved one of the six or seven questions, maybe like if I was lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But, and even when they, they talked to me later, I'm like, I don't know why you guys chose me. Like, Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I can talk to you and I can do those things and I want to do this. And they're like, and that's why, because Mm -hmm. you are so passionate and you want to do it that you will learn it because you can teach it or you can teach a job. You can't teach somebody personality. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. So like, yeah, no, I had no idea when I went in, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, Hey, you went for it, which is dope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I recognize that a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, me included would feel intimidated to go after a position or a uh, initiative, whatever, because on paper, they may not stack up, right? Or they have interest, but they're afraid that, oh, I don't have all the answers, 100% of the answers. But what even just you sharing that and what you experienced, um, the eagerness to learn was there. And you wouldn't, and also the ability to reach out. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to solve this by myself without needing anybody, right? It was like, no, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to do what I can, but I'm going to reach out to somebody. And then through that, I would imagine you'll learn and then say, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I know. So I could yep. be the first call response instead of having to always reach out, right? So that's a phenomenal, like, just lesson within itself that, um, you know, we, yes, there has some level of competence in there, but that ability to learn and eagerness to learn is necessary. Um, and all, and oftentimes would be kind of the, the winner, if you will, in order for mm-hmm. us to eat the things or to go after the things to get the job that we need. But, um, but no, man, that's great. How long were you in that position then? I actually was in that position for two years. Um, and that's when a, another IT company reached out to me and said, Hey, we want you to work for us. We heard some great and good news about you. And I never applied. They just said, come interview. Um, and so after two years I left and went and did it consulting essentially. Okay. Yeah. So in this period, because I I think we're kind of getting to the, to the crossroads where I got to meet you the first time. So is this when you started, uh, you were in that consulting firm or you were still at George Fox when you were in the uh, MBA program? So we actually, this is about four years before we met each other. Dang. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is probably about 10 years ago now. Okay. okay. Um, we, so I left and went into a man, an it consulting job, which I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have that job at George Fox. So I went there and I started doing more kind of in-depth consulting. Like how do I manage servers or how do I manage cloud migrations? Those type of things. Um, and that's where I kind of really learned like the backend administration was kind of started there. Um, and then the company ended up being not a great company to work for. Um, so after we, we parted ways and I went back to George Fox actually, and the next job where I literally had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) like they were like, 
Linux administration and I'm like, hey, I try to install Linux server. It didn't work, but I'll get there. There you go. Um, and then five years later is when, so two years later is when we met. Okay, okay. And then another two years later is when I was like, oh, I'm scripting stuff and I can click a button, install the Linux server and get everything going. And it was really cool. Wow. But, yeah, yeah. So we went in and like, okay, I know a bit about Linux to now you're like, technically the expert or, you know, subject matter expert in some context to help at least be able to take it to the next step for other people to install Linux in that way, which is, uh, yeah. for the listeners, I'm not even going to explain what Linux is. So, uh, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Fair. I know what it is, but I'm not going to explain it. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. Explain just, what Linux just, is. Just a mat. It's a different operating system, but, but imagine an operating system that's just command line. That's what it is. Like there's no clicking, there's no right clicking. It's literally typing in commands that do something on the server. There we go. See. And I didn't know how to even get into the server. <laughs> just even just starting point. Yeah. That's First awesome. day I was like, wait, how do I do that? And then he just laughed. I was like, no, really? Like, how do you do it? And he's like, oh, <laughs> you'll figure it out. It's like, okay. all right, all right. Confidence. They got confidence. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, so I imagine the taking the leap out into the consulting space, uh, again, each stage of your career journey has given you the little tips and bits to help you in, in the next tech consultings that you're currently doing now, right? Like learning how to sell. Well, first the passion of tech and education and learning how to sell, then being able to step into positions where they're all over your head, but you weren't to figure it out step in the consulting world to be able to learn how that even works too, because that's a whole skill set within itself. Mm -hmm. um, and then taking that back to continue to grow in that, in that context of tech and education. Um, so where, where did it, or where was the like idea of like, you know what, like I've seen this in different facets and areas, I can do this myself. Like, where did that concept come into play? And like, what, what kind of went into that decision for you to start your own consulting firm? Yeah, so, so kind of on the entrepreneur side, my wife and I are both very much entrepreneurs. Like we, to pay off our student loans, like we started screen printing, we started tutoring businesses, we did random businesses our whole life. Like, right when we first got married, it's like, oh, what business could we do? People don't normally talk about that, like the first year of marriage. I mean, <laughs> but we did. Um, and so when I left my IT consulting company, um, I had a few people reach out and they're like, oh, could you do it? And I'm like, no, like I told them I wouldn't, like I don't feel right about that. Um, and then about a year later, I finally started, I, I said yes to one person because um, he kept asking. <laughs> uh, and then, realizing that like IT consulting in a, in a residential space, it was fun, but realizing that the business space needed it. Uh, well, I knew they needed it, but to kind of understand how to get into that space. Um, so, so I actually was, uh, started in 2015 at George Fox, like as their IT administrator, Linux systems administrator is what they called it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, so at that point was when I was like, okay, how do I figure out how to get there? Um, and what we did was that one person actually recommended me to a couple businesses. And then I started helping them. And then those businesses recommended me out. And then those kids kind of kept slowly growing. Mm 
Um, I was, there was never an intention in my mind, like, oh, well, maybe not as quickly, but I never really thought I'd go full-time consulting. Um, because there's, there's that balance that you, you struggle with when you think, okay, how can I go self-employed when I have this paycheck that is consistent and supports my family? Like, I mean, that it's a huge, like, debate with yourself. Like, how do I, you do that? Um, and it got to a point where I was probably working 20 to 25 hours a week consulting, doing my MBA and working a full-time job. Man, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And at that time I thought I was doing well, like I thought I had time. I thought I was spending time with my family and I thought I was doing good, um, until I quit my job and I realized how much I was missing because when you're in that spot where you're working all the time, you don't realize like you don't eat. Like I was like, oh yeah, but I'm, I'm still there like from five to eight with my kids. I'm there from like these hours and it's really important to me. And that's what I would tell myself. But I realized after I quit my job that I was so tired when I got home, like, and then I stayed up later and did my IT work. And I'm like, what was I thinking? And it wasn't until this was a really pivotal moment in like that, that decision-making where a recruiter reached out to me and said, Hey, we, we we're looking for an operations officer, COO at a Portland IT consulting company. And it, he was, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, I want to do one job. I'm tired. So <laughs> I was like, I'll take the call. And it was on the second interview. The, the guy after five minutes said, listen, this isn't the job you want. And I said, you're, you're, a re- aren't you supposed to be recruiting me? And he's like, yeah, but I don't want you to waste your time. And I don't want to waste the company's time. Here's, here's the problem. You're telling me you have a consulting company that you're working part-time and you're actually making money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, but you want to go to this other company and work a bunch more that's not your company. You're not going to have any control over and you're going to give all of that up because you think it will be better to work one job. And I was like, well, it would give me more time. And he's like, you're lying to yourself. And I was like, well, but, but wouldn't like, I, I kind of like argued with him for a minute. And I'm like, but it would like, I mean, I wouldn't be consulting. I'd be doing one job. He's like, but you wouldn't be fulfilled either. Like you would go to this job, you probably work more than you're working now because it's a COO position at a, at a larger company and you're not going to have any control of the company. So stop being dumb, quit your job and go full-time consulting because you're, you're doing great considering you're working 20 hours a week and you're profitable and you're only doing it part-time. Like look at what you have. And I, I, and it was literally that day I went home with my wife and I said, I think I need to quit. Like, and she was like, yeah, you do. (laughs) Like, like in a way, like we had a conversation obviously, but she was kind of like, yeah, like, I think that makes sense. Like, yeah, it'll be tight. Money will be tighter. But when you look at it a lot in a lot of our finance classes that we went to, they said, you can make mistakes when you're young and make them. And I think that was a really important lesson to learn is that like, when I'm young, I have time to get back whatever I need for retirement. Like 
if I lost everything today, I still have 40 years to figure it out. Like, so realizing first that money isn't that important, like in the big scheme of things and the time that's with your family is more important. I was like, I, I need to quit. Like I had to pay back half my MBA, which as you know, is a large chunk. Um, but it was worth it. Like I got so much time back, like, and I was able to say, Hey, yes, I couldn't have quit my job that day and started consulting. And I think that's a really important thing to think of when you're starting a business is like, there's a point where you can't just, unless you're in a rare circumstance where you have funds to do that, which if you are do it, like just do it. Like, but if you're not like, you have to start somewhere. And that for me, it took me three years or four years, about four years to finally be at a point where I'm like, I can quit. I can cut my budget way back and I can live like, and I think that was the tipping that, that was when that tipping point for me was. Wow. Wow. That's wild. The fact that, like you said, somebody's job as a recruiter is to recruit you and then kind of spoke that into you and said, nah, man, like this, what I'm seeing here doesn't add up and kind of affirming you in a, in a we- very weird way mm-hmm. <laughs> that this is the direction that you should take. Like, and even the fact that, like you said, you didn't necessarily jump into consulting for somebody else to consulting for your own self. Like there was a period there that it, it, it that took some time to kind of build up the, not, I won't say build the confidence, but just the experience, right. Of, Oh, I, I could do this myself. And the, and the good work that you've done rec- has helped with referrals <laughs> eventually like doing all that. But then even just the not the knowledge of like, wow, like, back to your mantra of just wanting to be a good father, a good dad, you know, a good husband, you know, being able to recognize that I'm juggling a lot of things in these areas and I'm not doing well with the foundation of what I want to do well in. So um, taking that step back and then realizing that I'm sure is really hard to do. Um, sure. I mean, all of it is really hard to do to kind of say, Hey, like we're going to make some cuts here, but at the, at the end of the day, this is going to be better for my own health, for the health of my family, uh, for the trajectory of where I want to go. And, and in it, we, we can make it work and the support around making that work was definitely there. So the, that's mm-hmm. props to you for, uh, for taking that leap. <laughs> and doing yeah. That work, man. It's wild. What would you say? So, so I, I didn't realize that you and your wife are entrepreneurial from the jump. So that's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess like, what, what are some of the, some of the, uh, I won't say pitfalls, I say lessons, the lessons you've learned, like now jumping into full-time consulting or full-time, you know, of of your uh, self-employed with your, with your consulting firm, what are like two to three lessons that you've learned along the way that helps that's that, that, either you've learned or you're continuing to learn as you are building out this business. Yeah, I think one, a lot of people say this is that your first idea is never a great idea. So like, like, cause like I said, we did screen printing, we did, um, uh, tutoring. My wife did violin lessons. Like we had all these small businesses throughout our like six years before we started consulting. And like, I, like I, they all were successful for like a part-time business, 
but they weren't necessarily good ideas. Like, or I, for us, like, I'm not saying screen printing is not a good idea or those aren't, but like for us, it wasn't like the best business idea. It, it did what we needed in that time. But, um, I think starting a business and starting to understand, and even like, if it's not a great idea, but you can spend maybe five hours a week and kind of just do something. If you're wanting to get in the entrepreneurial world, just do something to help you start to understand it. And I think that's really like, if I look back at our first businesses, that's what helped is like, it helped us understand a little bit more about taxes. It helped us understand a little bit more about how do I start a business? How do I have partners? How do I communicate with people in a partner world rather than like a, a coworker world? Cause it's different. Like that relationship is much different. Um, so starting small businesses that might not be the business that takes off helps you learn little things along the way where it's like, okay, I learned a little bit here. I learned how to sell. I learned about pricing. Mm. I mean, that's a huge thing. And that's, I would say I learned a lot about pricing and in customer service also like in our screen printing because that's a very competitive industry. Like, I mean, you have to be best price, best quality. Um, and so it was really like those little things that you learn along the way when you start a business, even if it's not like the most successful business and it's just something fun you do, there's little things you learn along the way. So mm -hmm. I'd say that's number one. Mm -hmm. um, I think number two is really like kind of tying into that with, like, just do it like, and I, I, the Nike motto, obviously, when I say that I've kind of forgot it was for a split second. And I was like, oh yeah, Nike, just do it. Like jump out and do something. Cause so many people get into a, a point where they're like, oh, I wish my life was different. I wish that I wasn't in this job or I wish I could do something different. And I think it's so, it's sad to me because it's, it, people feel so in a way tied to their job in a bad way. Like, yes, you have to have a job. Yes, you have to support your family. And if you can't support your family, you can't just quit and go and do it, your own business. Like, I would never condone that. Like, that's a bad idea. Um, but you also have the choice to make a change in your life. And I think when you're looking at it and like, if it's a job that you don't like, then switch jobs. Like, if it's a business you wanna start, then just start it. Like there's no better time than now. You, it might not work, but it might, you never know. And I think kind of giving yourself that chance to really put yourself out there and because what is it? Create creator of the light bulb. Oh my goodness. Thomas Edison. No. Yep. Yes. I got the right name. There we go. What was it like? He failed like a, a thousand times before he could even get it right. But it's all those failures that finally get you to that right thing. And I think that's a really like, if you just, if you just kind of sit back and you're like, Hey, I don't really, or you get stuck in a rut where it's like, I'm just going to keep going because this is where my life is going to go. And I don't really have a choice. And you kind of just get these visors on of one direction. I think that's the worst place you can be, which ties into something I said in another like time was like, if you, let's say something were to happen to you, your job will forget you in two to three weeks. Like your job really doesn't care about you. And my sister called me and was like, Josiah, I got to tell you something. I don't think my employer can lose me. 
and I laughed. I literally laughed. And I was like, I'm sorry I laughed. Like, I wasn't trying to be rude. But yes, they can. Like, I don't care how important you are at your company. In two to three weeks, they will forget you. But your family or your friends or even your friends in that company, they'll remember you the rest of their life. And that's where you want to focus your time because a business or a company, and it's not because they're bad. Like a company has to move on. Like it's not because they're bad or they're a negative company. It's because they have to do things just like in your life. You have to do things to make your life better. A company has to move on to make their company better. And so like, I think remembering that also is, is a big one. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Dang, man. I gotta say, I gotta sit and ponder that for a minute. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because like, well, there's, there's two things that you stated is that, you know, uh, I, I gave a talk to some, um, to high schoolers, uh, pre COVID, <laughs> which feels yeah, like fair, but, um, one of the main points was every experience has a, a significance every experience has a significance. So, you know, sitting in high school, there's a lot of things that they go through that's like, why the heck am I doing this? Or what, what point does this have? And, but if you were to trail it, you know, look up for a minute or, you know, take it, a, take it a little bit further down the road and realize, oh, like that time that I spent helping at the grocery store, helping learn customer service or learn kind of efficiencies or whatever that's now aiding me to what I do over here. And similar to how you experience like your your experiences working in those um, side hustles, if you will, those early jumpstart entrepreneurial experiences have, have all culminated to help support you in what you do today. And that's very necessary. And then being able to start into these endeavors is kind of like, yeah, what time is better than the present and why live with regret saying, oh, I wish I would have done this if, you know, now is the time, the best time to do it. And then the last piece you stated, the legacy concept of it, like what, what I've been super heavy on, and I think it's started, I've had this mindset since before having children, but even more so <laughs> now that I have kids and they're super young, but you know, not they're two and four, but like, man, like though these, my wife and kids are the most important things in my world right now. And it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of the family members that I have, how important they are in, in, in to my life. And what can I do just to ensure that they're not just set up financially, but then, you know, what memories are we creating? What, what uh, opportunities are we developing for them? What foundations are we building for them for the next generation to move forward? And how more, how much more is that than, me wallowing on what uh, that is a Monday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How <laughs> to do this, you know, like what I got to do this job or whatever. It's like, no, like, you, okay, there are some op- responsibilities that you stated that we have to take a part in. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I get, you know, working from home has allowed me to focus on my kids in the middle of the day and be able to build up those memories and draw with them or color with them or whatever. And like the small things like that, I think it's really truly important. And if we put our attention there, how much more would we then go after the things that we want to do and love to do? Um, not just for our own success, but for their success as well. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. I'm a on that for the rest of the night. <laughs> um, I got, I got one more for you. One yeah. more quick, one more quick, especially with tech. And, yeah. and I think this is really important for entrepreneurs and it's fairly quick, but it's, it's not, starting too big. 
Um, so when I started my IT company, I literally tracked everything for about a year and a half in an Excel document. Like it was a nightmare. I mean, and I went back to that Excel document for tax season and said, oh, look, I traveled to this place and I put in my miles. Like it was, it took a lot of time, but it's all I needed at the start. And I think so many people get caught up in like, cause now, I mean, I have systems that do all of that automatically because I'm at a point where I have a client base that supports that. And I think it's really important that when you start out, you don't have to be the best when you start. Like you don't have to have the greatest tech. You don't have to have the greatest email marketing system, which I still don't have one, by the way. No. You don't have to like, <laughs> you don't have to have the greatest stuff. You just have to start and start with a realistic expectation that, hey, I might do things that are inefficient right now, but I'll build processes that make it better later. Mm, that's good. That's good. How, how often do we get hung up on trying to be perfect <laughs> at the so very true. start? Um, that's good. Yeah. I, props to you with the Excel sheet because Excel still scares me. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, okay. So I know, uh, you've been, we, we kind of gigged out before on just on the whole, uh, content creation space and, and before we kind of get into the piece where we talk about what's, what's the future of next tech, I want to touch on this a little bit of just, it's kind of some of the tools that you utilize to help your cut, your clients with some of the, some of the things that, you see as uh, opportunities to help develop them. So you have a YouTube channel, which is which is pretty dope because you you put together the teaching, the tech, and your high energy together and creating these YouTube videos, which is phenomenal, man. Um, what would you say is, or I guess, kind of from a from a from an analytic side of things, what is your most watched YouTube video that you produced out there? You know, it's, so I released one the day they switched from G Suite to Google Workspace, like I got an email because I'm I'm borderline insomniac. Like I go to bed and I can't fall asleep forever. But I got an email at like 11 o'clock at night and it said, we're announcing a change from G Suite to Google Workspace. Here's what it means for you. I read that email and thought, I'm going to make a video. I got up at 1130 at night, recorded that video and posted about probably because I had I, after I recorded, I fell asleep and then I got up and edited it and then I posted it and it got it probably got about 12,000 views in like a week. It was the most like I was like, oh, my goodness, this actually worked <laughs> like I was so excited. Um, so it's more so that one is like the quickest one to that. And then I have two that are like top five reasons or top five ways to use Outlook, like the best things you should do to make sure you're using it out properly. And the other one was uh, for five, five Gmail. So those two are actually really popular. Like here's five things you need to know in either of those platforms to make you more efficient. There we go. See, so. man, I, I love that because you capitalize on the moment that a lot, a lot of folks probably saw that email, me included. Or if I even saw the email, I don't know Fair. if I got it right, <laughs> but would not even notice like, oh, like this is a change for me. What do I do? Right. Uh, and honestly, to be honest with you, I looked at it just today and I'm like, oh, it did change to Google to, for, you know, to now I'm on yeah. workplaces. I'm like, oh, that's, that's new. 
And I didn't yep. even consider like what the implications of that is for me personally and, and from professionally. But what I love is that you saw that and saw the opportunities like, hey, I know people out there are going to be asking these questions. How can I be a subject matter expert and provide just that like, here's here's what you need to know. Like, you don't need to dig through all the things Google will put out. Here's exactly how I can help you. And if you need support in this, contact me because I could definitely, you know, I, I see the sales. I That's see. always the line. <laughs> line, yeah. Hey, I just want to remind you, we are consultants. So if you do need help in this, feel free to reach out to us at support at nextechconsultants.com and we're more than willing to help you. So let's jump over to the computer and I'll show you how to do this. Look at that. The line There's is my there. Line. There's the tagline. There it is, man. <laughs> you should. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I will be picking up a lot of your content creation skills and add that to my own YouTube videos, but no, man, <laughs> so I'll be sure to uh, to link your uh, YouTube and all the social media accounts in the, in the show notes as well. So people get contact and connected with you. But before we get to that point, what is next for next, next tech? What, what goals, what are the things that you want to aspire to accomplish with the business and how you want to support your clients? Yeah, for me. So realizing that, because it took me, it was two years ago when I realized the idea of a managed service provider was actually a thing. And I actually thought, like, when I first thought of it, I was like, I have a genius idea that nobody does. And then I find out it's this huge model that everybody does, um, sure. which which is good. Um, so really for me, figuring out like, okay, I wanted to work, like I work with a lot of solopreneurs. It's not like I won't, but my sweet spot, really five to 50 people and realizing that and really kind of like, okay, how do I help businesses um, grow? Because that's that's what it's all about. Like I I want to come in and I want to say, hey, here's here's things that will help you grow because and it's knowing your gaps. I mean, we talked a lot about that is knowing because I'm I know I'm good at IT. I'm really bad at marketing and I know that I'm and like. I'm okay at sales, but I'm not the greatest at it. Um, and so knowing your gaps and realizing when it's the right time to outsource. And so talking to people about that, like talking about like, when is the right time or what should I do? And we, we have in our model, we include like five different pieces of software. We include crash plan keeper. Uh, so backups, I'll say it this way, backups, password manager, um, email and, uh, like antivirus. And so and a couple other things, but those are included for every single one of my contracts that I have with people. Because if you don't have a backup and you lose a file, you're going to get mad at me. Like, so there's a certain things where it's like, Hey, one, I want to help your business because if you lose that file, I had somebody call me and say, Hey, I made a huge mistake. I was like, uh, would, would you like, this can mean a lot of things like <laughs> what'd you do? <laughs> and they're like, well, I deleted our QuickBooks folder. Ooh. I'm like, what do you, how, <laughs> like you mean, it's just like, well, I was trying to clean things up and I deleted my QuickBooks folder. I don't want to call my boss. Can you restore it for me? And I was like, ah, this, well, first of all, we have to let your boss know. I'm sorry, but like, we'll, we'll have that conversation. Second of all, Yes, I can restore it. Like, and so I restored it. And because she was trying to do cleanup and had QuickBooks closed, she didn't lose a single piece of data. Like, I was like, yes, that is what I want. Like things where people don't have to think about it, but all of a sudden they need something and it's there. Um, and that's what like, for me, like, cause I, 
I spend I spend a lot of my nights thinking about that. Like, what is the software that will make your business more efficient so you don't have to think about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of the future. It's like I want I want businesses to grow because they're getting so much time back that they're not thinking about these things or concerned about these things because it's taken care of. And for the future of Nextec, for me, is like I I want to take over like Oregon. Like I know that's a big goal. That's a lofty goal, and it might not be possible. But I, I that's what I want to do. If you, when you think about IT in Oregon, you think about Nextec. Like those two words should be synonymous. Or is that the right word? I think it yeah. is. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll just say it is, whether it is or not. But like that's my goal. I want to take over Oregon. And then I want to kind of branch out. Like I have some clients that are in different states in Canada, but like I really like take over Oregon and then branch out. And I think that would be pretty phenomenal. Like that's my goal. And really it's not, it's about, because for me, like it's really about as we've had in these conversations, like I keep my prices pretty low or on the lower end of, MSP providers because I, I want to help people and especially focusing on that five to 50 businesses. I understand that like as a business owner, I can't afford everything that I want to afford. And that's why, like for me, I actually had MSPs get mad at me because my price was so low. They said, it's not fair. And I said, well, then adjust your price because this is what I'm doing. And like, because I believe that as a small business, they need that help and they need people that are able to do it and do it well, but at a good price for them. And I, and yes, if you're like a 4,000 company, I charge you more because you can afford it and that's fine. And they actually won't use you if you don't charge enough. Right. So like I charge them more, but I think it's so important that in small businesses is that we work together as small businesses and grow together and really have those venture partners where we're like saying, hey, how do we help each other and take out this like, IT is this place that I have to call when there's a problem, but I hate talking to you because you never respond or I put in a ticket and I never hear from you. I think that is such a bad and frustrating reality because it is a reality. Like I know it is and I can't stand it. And that's what I want to change. Like that's my goal is like, I want you to think of IT and I want you to think, oh, this is great. I know I'm going to call them and I know I'm going to be helped and it's going to be okay. And like, that's where like my education and technology kind of passion comes together is because I can help you through a problem without making you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Because I think that's kind of the problem in IT is so many people. It's not that they're cocky or rude. It's that they don't know how to explain it in a way that's helpful to someone else. And it's nothing bad. It's just like, it's, it's, it's no different than if I went into like a finance field and I started, they started talking about like, Oh, I got my, I can't even say acronyms. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher that if I try, (laughs) but like they start using acronyms that I don't know. It's no different. It's just finding people. And that's when I try to build a culture in my company is like, how do I find those people that build that culture and not a culture that's demeaning to people that don't understand it? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Taking over Oregon. I, I know you can do it. So let's, let's you know, is, is big, was it big, ugly, hairy goals? I don't know what it's called. Some of the leadership gurus talk about that, but you got that. So that's dope. You're taking over the world. Yeah. 
focusing on those who are, you know, five to 50 small uh, people, small businesses in that context, which is great. And kind of showing that IT is not a scary thing to be engaged with, but actually a partner mm -hmm. in, in business and development growth, which is pretty dope. Um, quick plug, the crash plan is legit. I personally, he mentioned that, you know, Josiah doesn't really connect with solopreneurs, but as a solopreneur, I'm owning it. As a solopreneur, I have lost my external hard drive multiple times. And by the second time, I was like, okay, there's got to be a solution out there that could support my backups. And two things that occurred. One, shout out to my wife. She told me just to duct tape, not duct tape, but really tape the external hard drive to my huh. top cover. So that way it doesn't drop every time I move around because I'm, you know, I want to work in different locations. So yeah. I was like, nope. The second thing was to get the crash plan. So shout out to you <laughs> for that connection. That's been helpful. Is running right now. So I'm I'm helpful for that. So thank you for for that. Um, Absolutely. But then uh, I, I, that was a tangent. But just the the concept of um, you mentioned team culture, which that's actually something I'm really I'm I'm passionate about myself. Like I do the research and and try to really work to how does leader how do leaders help create that company culture where people do thrive and and have a space where they can build and beyond. Um, really quick, you mentioned that you're looking for people who have that kind of skill set or who have that ability. Could you dive deeper into a little bit about what does that, like, how do you either cultivate that or foster that or, or just like, what are some of the values there that you're looking for that uh, help you in finding the right partner to build out this vision of next tech taking over the world or taking over Oregon at least. How does that look? Yeah. And that it, it's a question I'm still answering. Uh, right. so I'll do, I'll, I mean, I, I will always will be, um, I think, I think for me and the way I envision it, um, is leadership is really a top down thing. Like if you're, if, if I'm in the top saying, Hey, um, I think you guys need to be really nice to people and um, do a good job. And then I'm, I literally say it like that. And I'm like, okay, now do your work and don't talk to me, like figure it out. If I do that, it will not work. Like, so what I'm looking at is even like, cause even my passion. So back to like, you can be a good dad, a good husband, a good, a good father. Um, I was a good business owner. That was a third. There you go. Uh, I was like, wait, I said two things twice, uh, is really like showing that to my employees. So when I hire, cause I don't have any full-time employees yet. I have a few part-time and I take care of them like, because they help me grow. And I think that's so important to take care of them. So as I'm looking at like what happens when I, be, when someone becomes a full-time employee, first thing that's really important to me. And I tell this to all of my clients, if you hire me, family is first. And if there is an emergency that causes me not to fix your thing at the time that falls, like we will do that. We will go with our family if there is an emergency. And I want you to understand that that's important. And 99% of people are like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, that's great. And that 1% or whatever percent, well, I don't want to work with you. Like, and that's totally fine. And we part ways and I have no problem with that because family is so important. And so when I look at an employee, cause I've thought about like, oh, how can you incentivize people to bill a certain amount or, cause there's always those like, 
I need to make money as a business. So how do I incentivize people? And I told somebody once, I said, Hey, I think I'm, I have this really good idea. And, and people always shoot my down my dumb ideas. And I, I appreciate that because I have a lot of ideas. I need people to shoot them down. So this right. one was, Hey, I need, if I hire a full-time employee, I need them to work 32 hours, build, bill 32 hours a week. But if they build more than that, I'll give them this bonus for that time. And he said, oh yeah, that's an interesting idea. Here's the problem. You're encouraging people to work more than 40 hours and you're encouraging and you're actually punishing people who have parents because they can't do it. And I was like, oh, because I wasn't a parent at this time when I said this, I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like how, how it's, how as a parent, you can't really work more than like, Yes, I understand there's circumstances where you have to. I totally get that. I did it because I had to for a while. And I, but, but if you're as, as, as a leader, if you're saying, hey, I want you to work more because I will pay you more if you do, even though your salary, you're encouraging people to work more, but you're also punishing people that can't. And so finding that balance of like, hey, how do I give benefits that are one, don't work more than 40 hours. Because if I hire a full-time employee, yes, there's extenuating circumstances where sometimes they might have to work 50 hours and everybody understands that. But if that becomes a normal, I'm doing something wrong as a leader. I, and I fully like wholeheartedly believe that, that if you're having employees and you're saying, hey, you're full-time salary and I expect you to work 50 hours, you're doing the wrong thing for your employee. Like that should not be the normal, that should not be acceptable. And so how do I build a business model that supports that? Because that's what I want. I want employees that feel like, hey, my family is important. Yes, I have to get my work done. And yes, it has to be at a certain time and there's deadlines, but you also have to have time. And like, if I'm gonna tell that to people and I'm gonna go on podcasts like this and say that, and I don't do that for my employees, like, if, if anyone, if I future me, if like any, if I hire anybody and they see this and I'm not doing it, please like smack me in the face <laughs> and then show me the clip so I don't fire you. Like, <laughs> cause I don't want that. Like I want employees and I want to show employees that work is fun, but it's also work. It's not your life. And I think modeling that will help you attract the employees that are good that want to stay because they like your company. And also because you're, you're showing them that as a top down type of leader, you're showing them that, that model and you're, you're also training that model in your training and you're not putting in there things about, Hey, if you work more, I'll give you a bonus. Hey, if you do this, I'll give you a bonus. Or if you, if like incentivizing those type of things, if you're doing that, you're going against that culture. And so building that culture from the beginning of like, it's important, people will like it. And, and I know it's expensive and I know, like I'm not blind by that because I know some people in the comments might be like, well, you're just in this fairy world of whatever. But building a business model that supports that is what's important to me. And like, that's what I wanna do. I love it, super intentional on again focusing on the person focusing on the family life focusing on things outside of work right and and being able to be uh mindful of just what are the things that are that 
are associated when it comes to the work, <laughs> when it comes mm -hmm. to somebody doing a great job, like you can't do a great job as you've experienced trying to juggle family, school, full-time job. And then, you know, this in your own side hustle too, uh, in a way that, that provides you to be healthy <laughs> yeah. or yeah. a lifestyle, a healthy family. And, and the fact that you are embedding that intentionally into the culture, into the way that you lead and modeling it in that way, uh, just again, shows the amount of integrity that you have wanting to set up this culture wanting to set up this organization to, uh, sustain long, like, be sustainable in, in all facets, not just mm -hmm. does it, are we bringing in clients? Are we bringing in, you know, the, the, the money is the revenue coming in and is it meeting the bottom line? It's like, no, are people taken care of? And that's an important factor that's necessary for, uh, for business growth in, in tremendous ways. So thanks for taking a minute to, to dive into that a little bit. So man, hey, we uh we reached the end of the, the episode, dude. I, I appreciate you taking a minute just to talk through just the the passion and the, all the facets in which that you uh inhabit and take a and take into account when it comes to just your journey to being in this position, uh, leading Next Tech in a, in a way that's going to take over Oregon. So we're going to look back on this in in five years. It's not going to take five years, but in five years, uh, you're taking over Oregon. Like, hey, man, Josiah said he was going to do that. He did. Um, if people want to continue to follow you in your journey, where can they go? What are plug away your social media contacts or just the, the business itself and how people can get in touch with you? Yeah. So we are next tech NT. So any XT T C H N T on almost all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and then YouTube, it's just youtube.com forward slash next tech consultants. Um, and all of that you can find on our website, which is next consultants.com. Um, and if you ever do want to say, hey, I, I just have questions about like my business, how do I run it? There's links all over there that say, hey, schedule free initial consultation um, where we spend 45 minutes. Like we'll talk, we'll talk about your business and we'll talk about like, how do we make it more efficient? How, where are things where you can grow? Um, and after that, you'll receive a customized quote for your business. And like I've said before, I'm not high pressure sales. So I'll send you that quote. And if it's a good fit, great. If it's not, we'll part ways as friends. Like I really don't mind. Um, but if you're like one of those people, it's like, Hey, I want to talk about being a dad or a parent and kind of have that discussion. I would love to have that discussion with you. And you can email me like you can put the link in the email. It's Josiah at next consultants.com or for fun. If you ever want to come watch me stream, you know, you can come to twitch.tv forward slash laser five. And we can have that conversation because I love talking to people about like, wh what does it mean to be a parent or I'm about to be a parent? What are things I should know? Um, so there's all my social media, all my plugs, all that fun stuff. Oh, man. I, and you dropped you dropped the Twitch in there, too. OK, so I I had to real quick. Another detour. So Twitch, just Twitch life. I, I'm still learning. I don't actually I don't, I'm not learning. I just don't know much about it. <laughs> you're on there. What, what, what does that look for you? So you're on Twitch. You're, what do you, what are you streaming? What are you playing? How does that engagement happen? Cause I'm like, yo, this, that's a whole nother world. What are you doing on Twitch? Yeah. So, uh, for me, I play mostly like first person shooters or we got into like SWOTOR. So like an MMO, uh, recently that my, so Sunday nights are dad night. There you go. So it's me and two other dads from college. So we all have kids. We talk about our kids. We talk about our struggles. Sometimes we talk about just kind of fun stuff. Um, and that's Sunday nights. And then I typically do Thursday nights also where it's 
mostly like a first person shooter kind of for me games are like i've spent all day working i've the kids are in bed like i'm not missing time with my kids and my wife needs to do other things too so like we have our own time and that, for me video games are such a release and like a stress reliever and since i am extremely outgoing and high energy that's where twitch comes in and like that's where like i love connecting and talking with people and having those conversations so i get to like spend that time and people chat with me and people talk about um things that are going on in their life uh and and i enjoy it like in in a way that's um that's fun and in something where i get to help a lot of people kind of in a different way than just hey i want to do your tech um but it's a different way to connect with people uh so they get Twitch is, it, my wife was like, wait, you're going to have all these people video chatting with you. I don't think I feel comfortable with that. And I'm like, well, I understand that, but they're not video chatting. They chat in a text to me and I re choose to respond or not. Like, and there are times when like, I choose not to respond because I try to keep it fairly family friendly in conversations. Like we don't swear, we don't do things that like, yes, we play first person shooters, but like, the content that I'm producing when I'm talking and having those conversations are very wholesome. Um, I don't think it's, I don't have a reason to put people down or to, to be negative. Um, so, I mean, somebody yesterday was like, Oh man, I cut my hair. And I'm like, Oh wow. And she's like, you actually paid attention to me. And I'm like, well, you, what? Like, <laughs> and so it's just interesting kind of having that conversation where people will like expect like so little from people kind of like, but being able to engage with them in a different way. It's just a lot of fun. That's awesome. I just love the fact that you're, you know, <laughs> literally in every space, like you're, you're creating platforms or you're building spaces where there is uh, a good, just community centered around it, that it's, it's gearing towards uplifting and building people up and supporting them and all that kind of stuff. And just how that even transitions to Twitch. Like that's pretty dope. <laughs> I, I probably will be joining on Sunday night. I got to get an account. But then I'll check. I'll check it out on a Sunday night. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, just for to sure. Watch, see how that goes down, man. That's awesome. Oh, well, cool. Yeah, I will put all of that in the show notes so people can check it out too, and and be sure to connect with you, not just from the business side, for the personal side as well. Um, I am very grateful just for the opportunity. One that we cross paths in a very weird way in the MBA program, but two, uh, I guess two that you supported me in my tech, but then be able to do this as well, just for you to share your story, um, to share the work that you're doing and how, and how that is providing such a great impact into the community and for small business owners and people who are wanting to have their business grow and you feeling a need through this tech space to, to make that happen. So um Josiah I just really appreciate it for you joining on to the podcast man and thank you for taking the time to be here yeah thanks so much for having me it's been a little blast I love having these conversations so I really appreciate it sweet